Hey guys, welcome to the Money and Investing Show with me, Andrew Baxter, and this week we are going to look at the yield desert. We're also looking at NAV, what went wrong, where did the money go, and why investors have seen not only a 51% drop in the earnings within the business, but they've seen their dividends and income slashed. Where does this leave the company and where does it leave the rest of the banking sector? We'll be exploring this, but most importantly, where is the pathway for you if you're someone that's serious about needing and wanting to get more income from your investing? See you in the show. Hey there, guys. Welcome to the Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and of course, my offsider, Mr. Mitch Laurential. Mr. Baxter, uh, look, as jolly as that introduction was, I've got a really confronting podcast for us today to be the bearer of bad news. I guess the title of this broadcast is The Busting of the Banks. Ooh. What's going on with Corona? There's so much talk about profit and loss, earnings, dividends. We've just seen NAB report, and we're going to dive into all of it, about what it means and what we can do to get around it. Well, that's a, a big... Uh, and very, very sobering um, topic to cover because you know, we're in a situation now where let's call it the yield desert. It's very, very hard for traditional investors to go anywhere now and get any kind of realistic return on their money. So people that, for example, are retired and re uh, re relying on savings or all the hard years of work that they've done and put into various assets, which in the past may have been income producers, that game's over. And it's going to be over, I think, for the foreseeable future. You know, cash at the bank, quarter of a percent. Uh, if you're an investor in stocks, and we'll talk about NAV, I'm sure, very shortly, you know, the dividend's been slashed and that's been coming for a while, but this happens to be the catalyst that's done it. And, you know, if you're in the property space, there's now a moratorium where your tenant can stop paying rent and you can't chuck them out for six months. So, you know, that's obviously going to wreak havoc in the uh, in the yield space, certainly in the residential property space. So, uh, yeah, where do you go to make some decent income? I know we've got some strategies we can share on that, but, you know, let's talk about NAV first of all. You know, and just before we jump into that, I mean, you and I spoke about this in its whole podcast about two months ago, mm. and we made that forewarning to our clients that this may be not be the best idea moving forward. Mm. And I think this corona thing is almost the straw that broke the camel's back. And NAB's a perfect example of that. NAB's just reported its earnings and its profit was down, I think, 51% from memory. Diabolical number and not wholly unexpected. And you're quite right. Two months ago, we were talking about you know dividends as a strategy. It's got its days numbered, um, and, and and that's definitely come to the fore here. And I don't say that so we can do a lap of honour and go, aren't we smart? It was always on the horizon, and it was just looking for uh, a catalyst, if you will, uh, in in this tougher period of earnings. And I don't mean the corona period either. You know, the Aussie economy has been drifting into recession now, I think, for probably a good solid eight or nine months, um, not necessarily by the official measures. But some of the things I look for, you know, based on you know, my 30 years around markets, number one is actually mortgage delinquencies. Um, you know, back in November of last year, we had record levels of mortgage delinquencies. That, that, that's people that are behind with their mortgage. In spite of us being in an economy uh, where interest rates were at record lows, they've been cheaper to pay your mortgage off. Um, but part of the pressure on people has been that lack of wage growth. And it's caused that wave of, of, of mortgage delinquency. That's something we've been looking at for a long, long time. Secondly, you know, post-Royal Commission, it's made it harder for banks to earn money legitimately. Uh, I'm sure we'll get trolled for making that comment, but that's the reality if you read the report findings from the Royal Commission. And so they've been in an awful situation in terms of how do we go about making money. And with those lower interest rates, that margin uh, between the saving and borrowing rate is so paper thin, it's very, very hard to make a cracker out of that 
plus you know, raising money in the US market and the wholesale money markets to then lend in Australia with an Australian currency that's weakened. You know, it's been a trifecta uh, of bad news uh, that have resulted in what we've seen. And certainly NAB's 51% drop in profits yesterday, not unexpected, and, um, and a real wake-up call, I think, for an awful lot of investors. It's really sad results because, you know, NAB's one of the big four banks in Australia. It's mm. often a stock that so many people have turned to in the past in their portfolios. Mm. They've reported pretty poor earnings, 51% down. What else have we seen in that report and what does that actually mean? Well, it's a double whammy with the banks too in Australia because they are traditionally a place to go for that nice, consistent, let's use the word, safe yield with a full franking credit on them. You know, a lot of retirees and people with self-managed super have really loved those stocks. And if you look at the shareholder register for NAB, something like 40-something percent of its shareholders are retail investors too. So this is a company uh, that very much is a mum and dad stock type play. So it's not with any level of pleasure or glee that we get to have this conversation, but we've got to call a spade a spade. Uh, and that's where we're at right now. So you know, some of the factors that, that, that are of particular concern, yes, the dividend has been cut. That needed to happen an awful long time ago. Um, one of the more... Um, Better management decisions I've seen in Australian corporate history over the last five or six years was when BHP rolled back its decision for its progressive dividend plan. Very controversial at the time, but um, you know, during the good times, they were making plenty of cash and they said to their investors, look, every year we'll pay you an increasingly high dividend. But when that started to dry up, I think um, uh, Jack Nassau was the chairman at the time, um, they said, look, we're cutting the progressive dividend plan. And, and people were up in arms for about three minutes until they realised it was for good reason so that the company could retain its earnings uh, to reinvest in the business and steward it through slower times. And that's really where NAB has seen itself and it's probably something that should have happened and this has forced the case. And I don't suspect that we're going to see a ratchet back up to those dividend yields of 5% that we've seen in the Aussie market because as we start at the top of the broadcast, there is a yield desert. There is nowhere you can legitimately go in traditional investment speak to generate consistent and solid income. So that's why they've cut it. Um, of more of a concern than their fall in earnings, I think, is the bad debt provisioning. Uh, and that's always a good forward-looking indicator too to say there's trouble and it's likely to continue. And they're forecasting in unemployment at between 5 and 7%. I had a very scant read of their report, but um, 5 and 7%, I think, is what their forecast is for unemployment. I think we're going to see unemployment significantly above that level. And as such, mortgage arrears is likely to get out of control. You can see possibly a weaker property market on the back of that, so you've got negative equity as well. Uh, and, and that's why they're needing to bolster those reserves uh, back up just to cover and provision for some of those bad debts that we surely will see come over the horizon. And in support of that, if you look at their dividends, I mean, the dividend before the one that they've recently just cut, you know, was 83 cents. Mm. It's now down to reading, you know, today's report at 30 cents. Correct. Yep. So, you know, you're talking about a 1.95% yield. Mm. It's cut by almost two and a half times. It's such a low number yep. for a dividend investor. Is that enough to survive on? Well, I guess the other side of the coin, just to really make life miserable for people that are caught in this situation, that's also a reflection of the fall in the share price, which is around 50% of what it was too. Um, so your asset's worth half of what you paid for it in some instances, and your dividend's just been slashed by 60%. So it's really a real kick in the face. But 
at the end of the day, the company's got to steward itself through these issues and they know they're going to get a backlash from their investors, but they've got to do what they've got to do to shore the books up to keep the, keep the show on the road. So, yeah, it, it, it's bad news. It doesn't have to be that way. That's the, the, the sad thing about this, Mitch, is that so many investors uh, have one strategy, buy, hold, will receive a dividend, and that's our income flow, which is a very passive and very naive uh, approach to take. And it's worked well for you know, 15, 20 years, but it hasn't probably worked that well over the last three or four. And it certainly isn't going to work in the current corona and post-corona environment because company earnings are under enormous pressure. And the first thing you're going to cut will be dividends to shareholders. It's not a decision boards would take lightly, but it's the thing that has to happen. Absolutely. I mean, it's that balance between keeping your shareholders happy, but also surviving as a company. Now, there are other banks in Australia that are due to report, you know, this week and next. You know, ANZ, I think, reports this Friday. What would you be expecting to see in those other reports? The same or different? Very much the same. It's going to be cookie cutter. And look, there were some impairment charges there about, I think it was a billion dollar write-off for IT. I don't know how you can write a billion dollars of IT off in a year, but but yeah, you know, so, so there were some specific things that were unique to NAB's operation as well. But I'd say broad strokes, the, inert, the announcements you're going to see across the board um, are going to be very similar because all the banks are facing very difficult circumstances right now. You know, the property market has all but ground to a halt. Um, mind you, that again isn't something that's specifically COVID um, related because, you know, that slowdown in the property market's been afoot for a while with that inability for people to qualify for finance. Um, you know, in terms of what companies like this can do, to placate their shareholders. How about they just improve the share price by performing uh, in a better way, which you know, is no mean thing. It's an easy thing to throw off the cuff. But you look at AMP, I mean, let's not divert too much, but you know, they're paying their CEO $3.8 million a year and he gets his bonus even if the company underperforms the market. So there, there are measures that need to be brought in that put everyone in the same boat. And that is if the company's share price doesn't perform, nobody gets remunerated. If the, well, I don't mean, you're you gonna get a base salary, but not the egregious bonus amounts and, and, and over the old salaries that some CEOs have been pulling down. Um, likewise, if the company performs well, it's good for investors. But hey, rather than try and clean up um, the mess at NAB, which is beyond our skill set, we have no influence there to do it anyway. Let's focus in on some strategies that people can be doing to generate some income because that yield desert doesn't have to be that way. Let's talk about the yield oasis, which is the space that we buy in. The option space. The option space indeed, and there's never been a better time to be an options trader. Yeah, a lot of people have looked at the stock market through uh, those glasses of horror and disbelief at some of the share price performances. And this is exactly the conditions that we love. Well, I mean, you know, you just think about some of the trades we've been putting out, our smash and grab trades, putting in, you know, two, mm. three, four percent in mm. seven or eight days. It's mm. just crazy. Well, let's look at this on a like-for-like basis. So the strategy we run is, is, is cash on demand, a covered call strategy. And what that means uh, for people that are watching and listening to this is we buy our shares, we buy them in blocks of 100. We sell a call option over the top of that to generate immediate and upfront income. Now, to give you an idea, that yield that we're talking about with NAB, so that's three thirty cents on a $16 stock, so it's what, 1.95%? Exactly. And that's a half-year yield because it pays its dividend twice a year. So 1.95% for six months. Now, we've just done a trade on Bank of America. It's live. We're doing it today as we speak. What is the income play on that and for how long? Sure. Well, we traded Bank of America this morning, obviously US stock, but in the banking space. Now, we pulled out 1.8% income for three days in the market. <laughs> okay, so let's break this down. So you're owning a banking stock, like for like. Okay, this is an American one. We can go through an Aussie example just to compare the numbers in the market. Sure. So they're both in the banking space and largely retail banking. Bank of America, of course, owns Merrill Lynch, but largely retail banking. So instead of 
1.9% for six months, we're able to generate 1.85% for three days. Upfront. Paid upfront. Now, the other advantage to doing covered calls as a strategy is that if you own shares and they pay a dividend, the share price normally drops, so you're left holding something that's dropped even further. In this instance, there's no movement in the share price up or down based on the options premium. It's a no-brainer. 1.85% for three days in a comparable stock. And guess what we'll do next week? Do the same thing again, and then again, and again. I wonder how many times we can do that over six months to compare the actual relative <laughs> returns. I mean, if you did it every week for six months, you're doing it 26 times thereabouts. Think about how much you could actually get out of that. Well, look at ANZ. I'm trading ANZ. I'm on my fourth round of doing that over the last five weeks. There you, you know, go. It's, it's, it's bonkers when you think about it. And it's actually a very simple strategy. Now, we're obviously not going to teach that in this podcast. The point is, there is the corridor of opportunity and you need to open doors. If you are a self-funded retiree, a shareholder, somebody that's looking for this news on NAB and going, oh, gee, that means my income's been cut, it's time to do something about it because NAB are not going to be increasing their dividend anytime soon. And neither is any other banking stock. And no. if I take this example of a trade we've got running at the moment on an Aussie banking okay. stock, we've got one on Westpac. Okay. Uh, now, just looking at my numbers here, we pulled out, I think, for seven days, 26 percent income just on the option side plus we get that gain in the stock if it pushes up we could be pulling in three three point two percent for seven days in the market now people listening to this uh they're going yeah but there must be risk with that it's actually a lower risk strategy than even owning shares because that income is paid up front it's not paid on a dividend day it's paid up front you've got it straight away so that can go to help offset the cost of your shares bring your average price down even further and I guess the, the, the wonderful thing about this strategy, it's got nothing to do with interest rates. If interest rates get cut or move up, it doesn't make any difference. The, the income flow is still there. In fact, you know, in these volatile conditions that we see right now, it's even better because the income is, is pro rata much higher too. Exactly. And people think it's a scary place to play. It's really not because you know we're experts and they can leverage off us. We hold their hands through it. We help them place the trades, we give them the right guidance mm. and they can get out at an acceptable risk level and they can also pull down these kind of returns in a really short period of time. I think probably the confronting thing for people listening to this and a lot of people run the risk. If this is not something you want to hear, you know, stuff that very head in the sand and just carry on with what's going on. And I can't stress as someone that's been around markets for almost 30 years how important it is for everyday investors to be adjusting their investment strategy to reflect what's going on in the current environment. Because this isn't going to change anytime soon. As I say, the dividends have been cut and they will not likely increase them in the next three, five years. So that game is finished. There are very few places you can go to get income and you have to be open. And this is not a question of beating a chest going, I'm right and you're wrong. It's opening a door of opportunity that's working. And we get the luxury having literally tens of thousands of clients to see what works and what doesn't across an enormous broad base. And I want to just really emphasize that point to anyone that's a shareholder right now that if they are not using the strategy we teach, cash flow on demand, it would be like owning an investment property. You've got your shares or you've got an investment property. If you owned an investment property and forgot to put the tenants in month in, month out, you're missing out on the cash flow. You're just hoping that that asset is going to go up in value. And there's no guarantee of that. And in fact, there's a very strong probability that's not going to be happening in the current environment. So there needs to be a shift of gear into a strategy that does work in these conditions. And it's not newfangled. It's something that's been around since 1974. And it's actually far more straightforward than people think. But that, that need to change was, at the, was probably a couple of years ago in reality. 
but the next best time is right now. And, and, and for anyone that's really struggling to understand that, oh, well, stock markets, buy blue chips and all the rest of it, it's a crazy strategy right now. Let's take a different tack on this and explore why it's so important to have a, an evolving or change strategy. Let's think about music. Now, 20 or 30 years ago, if you wanted to listen to music, you'd buy an LP, an album, vinyl. You'd listen to it and then it was replaced with tapes. I've heard about those things. What do they look like? Again? Cassette tapes were great. In the summer, you pull the tape out of the dashboard, and it would all be stuck in. There. You'd have to put, you get a pencil and put the thing back on the thing. Sounds That's like it. fun. Then along came compact discs, and they were the best thing ever. And now everything is streaming. Now all we've done is talk about how much music consumption has changed in twenty or thirty years, which is day and night. Vinyl compared to streaming, it, it, it really is day and night. Investment strategies are the same. There's always going to be something that's flavor of the month. You know, there's Bitcoin a couple of years ago, and that's kind of been and gone. This is something that's been sustainable and has worked since 1974, month in and month out. And it's a strategy that's particularly working in these circumstances. And I same. can't state this enough that we're opening this door of opportunity to teach people there is a way and there is a place and there is a methodology and there is a process that can let you more than replace your dividend income for less risk on a far more consistent monthly basis because dividends are great but they're twice a year what are you going to do for the other four months sorry five months every half year every 10 months or 10 months of the year where you're not getting a dividend for your cash flow this is a month in month out system and the percentages are off the charts right now this is the time for this strategy so yeah if you're holding blue chips and if you've got a broad portfolio of banks expect what you got out of nab yesterday across your other stocks because it will be uniform and it ain't going to change so if you need income, you need a different strategy. Dividends are done, and you've heard it here. That's a powerful statement. And you know, then another analogy we can use, what we've actually mentioned in a previous podcast, is the outfit. Mm. You're not going to be wearing board shorts on the ski slopes. You're not going to be wearing a suit to mm. the beach in Mexico. You need something different for every environment you're in. Mm. Right now, the environment's not dividends. And luckily for, the, for those people who are open, We've got the whole wardrobe available. Absolutely. You can take it off the shelf, try it for a week and bring it back. It's as simple as that. And, and, and this isn't something that's unique to banking stocks, Mitch, either. I mean, if you take a stock like Qantas, for example, now there's significant assistance being provided to that company right now. And it would be such a slap in the taxpayer and government's face if the company paid out a dividend to its shareholders when it's borrowed money to run its business. And so, you know, you look at that across multiple areas within the market, it's not just in the banking sector that dividends are stopping. You're going to see it across the board as this earnings crunch continues. And you have to shift directions if you're a dividend investor. It was great while it lasted, but it is over. Funnily enough, we actually traded Qantas last week for one day in the market and pulled in a couple of percent. So there you go, nice and interesting. I guess, AB, to put a ribbon around this, I mean, we all need more income. Mm. Everyone needs more cash flow. What is your suggestion out there to someone who is already a dividend investor and needs to shift their focus or maybe is just looking for more income in general? Yeah. Get yourself involved in one of our live events, Cash Flow On Demand. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on our website, Australian Investment Education. Book in for one of our virtual events and let us teach you a little bit about how this works. There's no jiggery-pokery. There's no snake oil in it. This is just a hard and fast, proven, time-tested, robust strategy that's working beautifully in the current market. And it's going to be a necessity strategy for anyone that's looking for income because cash at the bank, term deposits, property, 
bonds and stocks in the traditional sense are not going to be income producing assets for people and you're still going to need income in this current environment in fact probably even more so now as we see the economy slow down there's a great strategy for it it's far more simple than people might think it's paint by numbers in terms of the way that we teach it and this isn't trying to convince you that the sun rises in the east if you're open we'll see you there and if you're not good luck because this situation is dire and I hate using hyperbole and, and, and dramatic effect for this, but the circumstances for investors right now have never been more dire. We are going to see a huge transformation in the stock market and investing landscape as we go through this crisis and come out the other side. Cash is going to be king, just as it is for you, as it will be for businesses. And the last thing they're going to want to do is give it to their shareholders. They're going to need to reinvest it, to retool and to reaccommodate in the new economic environment that we're in. And so don't be expecting, oh, the next quarter they'll make it. It will not be happening anytime soon. So this is time to make sure that you've got your own independent source of cash flow outside of what a board of a company decides is right for you. And that's the beauty of this strategy. That's why self-directed investors that are savvy are embracing this wholeheartedly. Absolutely, and you look at some of the returns of our clients, some of their performance, it's a no-brainer. You're absolutely right, having control over your cash flow has never become more important in this challenging time. AB, it's been an absolute pleasure to get your insight on this. I feel like I've learned a lot, probably our viewers have too. Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure. Anytime, pleasure Mitch. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show, certainly a dire prediction of what's going on. Make sure you give us a rating and a review and we'll look forward to seeing you on the other side.